I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to All Stats Aren't We, a podcast in which Leeds fans cast their combined eye over goings on at Ellen Road, giving scrutiny to the underlying statistics and tactical footings at work at Leeds United. I'm Adam Elliott, the Ilya Gurev of the podcast. I might not be Bulgarian, but I am totally as puro sexo as he is. And I'm joined today by the cow stood in a field chewing grass of the podcast. Gee, I hope that shot from Joe Gerhardt, what, doesn't strike him. It's Martin Riley. Martin, how are you, mate? I'm doing better than a cow being hit by a ball by Joe Gerhardt, for sure. Um, <laughs> and I'm also probably doing a bit better than, than you, considering we're in for the FA Cup for another game. What, what are your views on that, actually? I don't know. Look, I, I don't mind a cup run. I just think the circumstances need to be right. And I'm very much of the opinion that the, prem, the Premier League and getting to it is more important. But at the same time, I'm like, quite excited to have the possibility of a bit of a free hit against Aston Villa or Chelsea, because that's what it'll be. Um yeah, I am actually, because, you know, we don't have to take it too seriously in the sense of um, worrying about going through to the next round as much. We can just kind of play with a bit of freedom. And if we get battered, we get battered. It's a Premier League team that are going to have to beat us. If we don't and we go through, then we've, we've caused a little bit of an upset. Maybe not a massive one, but considering where we are and, you know, the season that Chelsea are having, for example, if they go through. But yeah, um, it would be great. Uh, just to let people know at the time of recording, Aston Villa against Chelsea has not been played. So a lot of you listening will know what the outcome is and who we're playing but for me and martin we don't actually know yet so that's why i mentioned them both uh, but yeah um i'm good mate thanks for asking um i'm <laughs> i'm still not over that commentator saying gerhardt as many times as he did for people that don't no. know yannick gerhardt is a defensive midfielder plays in the bundesliga for the vfl wolfsburg he's not the striker that plays for Leeds united and this co-commentator who i don't know the name of still haven't looked it up um kept getting us confused and I, I assume he must have watched a lot of bundesliga football can get in because he was getting it mixed up a lot and uh, he continued to do even when he got that chance later on and stuff like that so <laughs> it was pretty funny but yeah um what did you eat tonight martin i have been a bit naughty today and i had uh, a kebab i had a bonnet and chicken tikka kebab with naan bread and some cheese chips on the side was that homemade or was that shop bought no no shop bought um I- 
didn't have time to cook tonight and um, we got given some money as an engagement present uh, for listeners who don't know I'm getting married in August so yeah Woo! Even, though, even though we didn't ask for any engagement presents we just got randomly given some money by one of my fiance's relatives just randomly sent us some money so we're not we're not going to say no to it so we treated ourselves to a takeaway why not yeah lovely really nice how about how, how about you what do you have Chicken fajitas, um, which I, you know, I made, but uh, doesn't sound as nice as having a takeaway. Uh, I'll be honest, so a little bit jealous there, but yeah, still decent. Um, were you too busy watching Rotherham? Is that why you you couldn't cook tonight? That's one of the reasons, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that is one of the reasons. So that's why I decided we'll get the takeaway tonight since I don't, I don't have time to cook. I'm usually the one who cooks, so if I didn't have time, I'll, that'll do instead. And uh, did you enjoy uh, Jess, uh, not Jesse Marsh? Why did I say Jesse Marsh? Delete this, editor. Please, I don't want that in the podcast. Um, did you enjoy um, Daniel Farker talking about um, cows' asses for some reason? Yeah, I don't know where the hell that came from. That was random as well. But the only thing I could think of, like, like you tweeted, is some sort of German um, poorly translated effort. But yeah, yeah that was bizarre. Or, the, or he's just high on the magic of the FA Cup. It's one of the two things. Um, yeah, that was just... Very funny. <laughs> I guess we can talk about the uh, FA Cup game. Uh, we'll talk about the game a, a tiny bit before we jump into the the Rotherham chat. Um, what did you make of it in the end? I was I was obviously a little bit annoyed that it had to go to extra time. You know, extra minutes mm. in the legs for some players that didn't really need it. But I'm glad we got over the line in the end, and we, I am glad we won, even though I wasn't that fussed if we went out. But I am glad that we won because I'm now excited for the next round. What did you make of it? Yeah, well, we definitely should have finished it off in normal time and. Where that's the biggest problem, um, but we also did get unlucky. Quite a lot of shots hitting, hitting the bar. Um, Gelfart almost scored a goal. I mean, that, that hit the post, and I think I can't remember who it was in the first half. Was it Joseph who hit the post? Yeah, it wasn't it. Joseph and Perot yeah. both hit the woodwork. The yeah, post. exactly. So we got quite unlucky, and we were very dominant in the game. It's just pretty much a carbon copy of the first leg, and we gave away a Copy goal against against runs play, like they had nothing in that half at all, and they just took advantage of the one chance that they had. So fair play to them. But yeah, uh, extra time was fun though. I, mean, I did enjoy <laughs> Georgie. yeah Georgie Rutter and Somerville running at tired legs. This that just should not be allowed. They just could not cope at all. I, I felt sorry for, for Phillips, um, one of their players. He was doing well all game. And the, yeah, I thought he was competing well. Yeah, as well. And, and then, yeah, no, <laughs> you can't compete against against that. You can't. So yeah, yeah, I was, I was actually like fairly happy with Anthony's performance. But I thought he was okay actually. Like a few moments where he got by his fullback and then either got a shot away or a pass away quite nicely mm. and. That was decent, but then Somerville just showed the levels. Like, I, it just made me realize like the difference in quality. And this isn't to say Anthony's a bad player; it's just Somerville's clearly like amazing at the moment. And even even Rutter was just brilliant when he came on as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's a, it is annoying that you have to lean on those guys at the end of the game to get it done. But at least they did get some of a rest, and, and they're going to be more fresh for the game against Rotherham this weekend. And what do you make of Aston Villa or Chelsea? Who do you want to face? Be easy with both, uh, to, to be honest, because obviously we've got the rival with Chelsea, and we've also got a little little rivalry with, with Villa, to be honest, because of Spygate, and and we all know that Bamford likes to score past them, so that would be also a fun one. And Bamford's got the thing with Chelsea as well, so both teams, he'll, he'll be up to scoring against them, if he plays that is, um, which I think he will, because it's a bit more of a bigger tie in it um but i think if i had to pick one yeah. i'd probably, probably say villa um as much to do with the bamford thing and because um 
uh, Big John, Big John McKenzie is a bit of a United Emery fan, but fanboy. So it'd be quite. <laughs> yeah, he's become a Bournemouth and yeah. Villa fan, hasn't he, in the Premier League? <laughs> yeah, so it'd be quite amusing if uh, we did him um, spark and his genius tactics, as he's recently said in our group chat, get a win over Emery. That'd be funny. Yeah, I think actually that's a bigger upset if we beat Villa. Uh, yeah, definitely. In current sort of situation of both clubs 100% at Villa Park as well you know it's obviously that's cliche to say but mm-hmm. it's a tough place to go but I, I want Chelsea um, main reason being that they're one of our biggest rivals but the other reason for me on a personal level is I'm in a like little friendship group um, of five Leeds fans one Arsenal fan and one Chelsea fan so it's always good to get one over on the, the Arsenal and Chelsea fans and it would be really good to see us win at Stamford yeah. Bridge because I don't think we've ever done that, that in the time I've been supporting Leeds um putting some good performances there but never actually got a got a win so I would like to see that um but yeah let's let's hope it's a fun tie whatever happens and there's no injuries because obviously the league is probably the most important thing and if we do win it we'll be in a quarterfinal which is pretty exciting um I can't remember Leeds getting to that many quarterfinals in my lifetime as a Leeds fan I'm sure some of our older listeners will but I, I haven't had that luxury um and I do just want to quickly say we might do a preview for this we're not 100% sure yet but we might do we'll try and twist John's arm to come on but I can't promise anything because he might not but he'll have a little bit more insight into both of those clubs I imagine so we'll have to see um but yes uh, we'll dive into Rotherham I guess now I don't think there's any other news um other than Legion Light being absolutely brilliant uh, how many wins is that now in 2024 is it seven yeah, and a draw that's right I think that's amazing um probably the best start this club's ever made uh, to a year and we play bottom of the league on 19 points 12 points from safety at Rotherham United so it would be great to get another win I'm not going to sit here and say I expect it but I probably do um, but yeah unfortunately we don't have uh, an opposition fan to speak to for this one so it's just me and Martin today um, but we'll dive straight into the analysis now Martin can you discuss some of the recent results and form? Has anything changed recently for Rotherham? Well, yeah, they brought in a new coach in December, um, uh, Liam Richardson, who spells his first name really strangely, L-E-A-M. That, that caught me by surprise when I was listening to um, a press conference with him. It was, I thought he was going to be called Liam. But yes, I hear that. But the recent results, uh, they've, they had a pretty bad run, uh, four losses in a row, um, and then they had a, a win, a couple of draws, a loss, a draw, a loss. So one win in the last ten, and that was against Middlesbrough. So, and that, <laughs> this is a total football manager result. Is that one? They have not not point one xg. Yeah, I've just seen it. <laughs> and the Middlesbrough have one point three. So real smash and grab. So they have those results in them against sides who are good on the ball. So that's maybe a little bit of a warning to us in itself. Uh, but most recently, they've lost against Southampton two nil. Um, pretty resounding result. Although maybe something didn't, didn't put up as much XG as you'd maybe expect, 1.5, which is a relatively average amount. Especially for a team who's in the top 2-3 against a team who are on by a significant margin. So it would be a bit difficult to break them down, I think. So since we last played them when we drew one all, which is a bit of a frustrating result, obviously, back in November, they haven't, they've only won one game, should I say, in the league. Is that right? And they are actually unbeaten against Middlesbrough, which is quite funny. They got a win and a draw against them in the last month or so. So that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, just talk to me a little bit more then about them. Um, how do they set up in possession from what you've seen? So earlier in the season, they were more of a 4 2 3 1 team. Um, but since the new manager come in, uh, they've been playing more of a 5 system, which is a bit at odds to what this manager has previously played. 
um, when he was managing at Wigan, he did mix it up and was using four two three ones and some back fives, but he played every single fixture with back five. So I think he's just maybe trying to sing up a bit more at the back and get more centre-backs into there, if not two points on the board. Um, but they've got some pretty good results against Middlesbrough, Sunderland, then a draw against Middlesbrough. So who knows? It could be having some impact. But regardless of the way they look to attack and possess the ball, uh, they are quite direct in the way they attack, at least from the back. They don't do too much pressing out. I think possibly if a team was sitting back against them, maybe they would, but most teams will look to press them because they are pretty weak when they are pressed, so they will go direct. Um, they've had someone who they can knock, knock balls down from in Sam Nombe, who's a pretty, pretty big target man. And they've brought in Carly Wyke as well in the transfer window. And he's also another big lad front who has worked under Liam Richardson before. Um, Richardson youth, youth manager at Wigan. Um, but he got he got sacked about not short, about 18 months ago, I think it was. Um, but yeah, they're pretty direct when they get there, but they're going to ball around, mainly for focusing around the side and getting into the box. Nothing too special that I noticed. Uh, the wing backs like, like to get involved in, in the box when they get up in there, especially the right wing back who, in the game I watched, was uh, Dexley, who was a fantastic player, but he's now gone back to his parent club and went immediately on low. I think you said earlier, was it um, Farts or some, someone else like that? In yeah, Phil Hayes Hearts, yes. So, yeah, so he was probably their most exciting player who I saw when I watched them. And he's gone now, so that's a conundrum for their new man, Drumshaw. Um, but, yeah, that's about all I could really say about them in possession. There wasn't really too much else to say. They're, they're not, they didn't look very good in possession when I watched them. Yeah, I'm a big believer that league tables do lie. Um, I'm going to be honest, I've, I've always thought that. Um, they don't tell the full story. They don't really give all the context. But for any Leeds fans that look at the table and go, oh, Rotherham at bottom, they're not very good, are they? Yeah, you're right. They're not very good. Um, every time I've seen them uh, since they've had Richardson and before that, they've not been very good on the ball, at least. And um, as ever, when I sort of uh, need to lean a little bit on other people's analysis, I know they're not the top 20 boys were basically saying they're as good as down. From their perspective, I think they were saying that Sheffield Wednesday, who were above them, would take a bit of a minor miracle to, to stay up now. And it would just be pretty remarkable at this point if Rotherham managed to get themselves out of it. I'm not trying to set us up for a defeat here, by the way, but um, I'm just saying that they are really bad in possession. Doesn't mean they have bad players everywhere, but they have, yeah, a lot of players that are not of the required level as well. So, yeah. Um, and, of, and on that, I guess the next question is how do they set up out of possession? Um, from what you've seen, I think both of us agreed. Uh, maybe a little bit higher than they were playing previously with, with Richardson now in charge, but still not <laughs> the most solid uh, team. They do concede a lot of chances and, and they are still getting caught out um, quite a bit at the back. So, yeah, you talked to me a bit about that. So, so yeah, they're a little bit messier than in the previous fixture. Um, they will get quite a few bodies into, into the opposition box. That team is um, building out from the back. Uh, they will look to get probably about four, maybe five players in uh, their wing backs do like to push up onto either a winger who's retreating to help in, in build up or a full back who's more advanced that will look to press up against them and the, the press wasn't really that effective at least in the game I watched but it was against a team who can play out well through a press which was against Middlesbrough so the the press shouldn't cause us too many issues um, I think we should be able to say, play through it relatively well and when they get back and when the team get right through that press, they do it quite deep. Uh, the, the wing backs will begin to be back five, 
And the other thing, thing I noticed about the, the back five, sometimes one of their centre-backs would push out um, onto midfielders to give some support if um, there's a lot of men in the middle. Um, so I think it, it was um, Adolphin who was doing it in the game I watched. So he would he would push out and just um, slightly mark one of the players. And he looks like a decent player, does Adolphin, but we'll, we'll get on to players a bit later he on. He scored against us, didn't he? Yeah, it, it did indeed. Um, so yeah, that's about everything I'd say about them. Session. Um, quite similar to the last game, but maybe a little bit more going on in certain time, certain phases. Yeah, I, I think a little bit, not dramatically um so but a little less deep than they were um then again they're coming to ellen road so there's every possibility they actually sit deeper than they have recently but uh, important to note maybe that one of the goals uh they conceded against southampton in the previous game came from them having a slightly higher line and howard bellis who is a genuinely fantastic centre-back especially on the ball um playing a ball a quite direct pass over the top that they managed to get hold of and armstrong ended up putting it in it was a pretty good move actually if you haven't seen it so that's potentially uh something that might work and good at that type of pass come on to that a bit later on uh, but I think that's something we might look to exploit because they do do that occasionally um, and yeah uh, I think another thing with Middlesbrough in and out of possession what we've said not the best but um, they also struggle to pick up points against apart from Middlesbrough apparently uh, against most of the top half teams this season they've they've really not done very well in that regard and I mean you need to pick up points wherever you can when you're down the bottom but that is something that you need to try to do a little bit more and try to you know nick a draw here or there against some of the stronger sides and they, they haven't managed to do that the, the losses to Leicester and Southampton recently pretty much highlight that as well so yeah um, not the best. Well, yeah, I guess this brings us on nicely to players. Uh, which players do we need to look out for? We have done this before. I'll start with a couple. Um, I think in terms of good side of things, uh, Victor Johansson, I've mentioned before, he is genuinely one of the best shot stoppers in this division as a goalkeeper. And they would be on about 10 points without him, probably. <laughs> That's maybe an exaggeration, but they would be a lot worse off without him. Um, he does keep the scores down. <laughs> He's very, very good. Um, and... Yeah, if he was better with his feet, I think he'd be a goalkeeper that would probably be playing Premier League football pretty quickly. He still might, but yeah, he's he's brilliant. Um, they have a few other good outlets. You've already mentioned Sam Nombe, who's quite a physical striker. He's also not the slowest either, so he's, he's got decent speed. Um, so keeps himself busy up front and is a bit of a handful. And then a few others, and they've added one in, in January that caught my eye a little bit. Um, Andy Rinomota, who's kind of been around the block. He's actually from Leeds, but yeah, didn't come through our academy. Uh, been at Reading, been at Cardiff. Um, I think Stoke is where they sign him from, isn't it? Um, he's, just, he's just been around the championship for a long time now. Uh, he, they've signed him on loan. Um, probably a decent signing, to be honest. He can play a couple of midfield roles and he's a, he's a bit of a sort of break-it-up kind of player and that'll help sweep in front of that back line. So, you know, there is some quality there, like we mentioned before, but um, not not a right lot. Is there anyone else that you particularly like? I know we both like Lembekisa, but he's gone now, so having to do without him. Yeah, the only other one who stood out um, was uh, Adolphin. He looked... The more composed out of their centre backs, capable of carrying it out from the back a little bit. Um, he's played in quite a number of positions for them. I'm not sure if he's actually a centre back by trade, possibly a midfielder, um, but he has played a lot of positions for them. Possibly due to injury problems that have had this season, um, but he's definitely probably the more, more talented of their centre backs. Um, you've, you've got um, forget the guy, the other guy there who's in the mid, in between. I've got it right down here. Um, Martin, he's an, another season champion defender <laughs> who is. But good qualities when it comes to standard EFL defending, put in the air, yeah. good, good at getting physical with strikers, um, but he will be quite slow. <laughs> so that is definitely some target um, in, in their back line. Um, so I don't think they've got a massive amount of pace in their back line. That's one thing which I'll say is definitely should work well for us. Um, 
Lee Peltier has been there right back on the wing, sometimes right at the back at times this season. Uh, so he's also one who's knocking on, who leads fans know well. And he got in a bit of a kerfuffle with Somerville in the last game, if I remember correctly. That was quite fun. And the only other player who I noticed who was decent um, was one of the midfielders, uh, Rathbone. Uh, elite in possession. He looks pretty, pretty tidy. Um, he is pretty good at evading pressure. Um, but when it comes to out of possession, that's where he definitely lacked. Uh, I saw he, he got absolutely done by, I think it was, is it Morgan Whitaker who's one of Middlesbrough strikers? Uh, no, was it Morgan Rogers? Morgan That's Rogers. it, Morgan, Morgan Rogers. I knew it was Morgan something. Uh, yeah, he got abs- absolutely done by him, just um, totally turned the, the other way and just was left behind. So uh, if we can get Rutter near him, achieving the ball, then uh, that will definitely lead to good things and making me very happy in the process. <laughs> Rogers actually joined um, Villa, by the way, but yes. Um, quite a lot of money and they didn't replace him but anyway that's besides the point uh yeah there's a few others i maybe mentioned um i think we mentioned kafu in the first podcast um a very interesting player who they've used in loads of different positions he's more mostly a, a central holding midfielder and for most of his career has played there and then actually he put on some of the better especially in the first half of the season sort of progressive numbers for passes and carries which is interesting but then you see that he's played as a as a wing back and a winger at times or more of a wide midfielder i guess than an actual winger um but again not quite a, a big physical a busy player Christier here in the middle is similar. They've got a lot of players like that. I think I think Rathbone is probably the one with the most quality, but I'm not 100% sure if he's actually fit at the moment, is he? So he might not be involved. Um, so yeah, loads of players. I think loads of people have, have heard of Hugill. They've got a lot like that kind of experienced championship players who maybe once were quite decent, but are, are very much on the decline now at the wrong side of 30. Sam Klukas is another one. A lot of players like that. Um, there's just not a lot of pace. I agree with you, not just in the back line, but in the team in general. Uh, they lost Lembekisa, but I think they lost someone else, but I can't remember his name now. It's really annoying me. Um, a winger, a uh, really fast guy that we, we mentioned in the in the first game. He's He's gone now. He left in January as well. So they just don't have uh, much speed at all throughout the team. And uh, that could be a bit of a problem for them, uh, unless they're trying to just make this as stodgy as possible and play for a point, which I think is probably the most likely thing. Do you, so, yeah, do you want to talk to me a little bit about... Um, the predicted lineup. Then you've already mentioned that they have mostly been playing a back four recently, a five four one or a five three two. What are you expecting? I thought I think it's most likely to be a back five formation, either a five three two or five four one, one or two shape. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, their manager has liked a four two three one, and since they got in some new players, especially one is which is a midfielder. He may look to change that up. I don't think he'll change up against us. Um, possibly more likely against another team in the third down division. I probably expect their lineup. The other regular player who I think is injured is Cohen Bramble, who's been their left wing back, um, or left back, depending on what shape they've been playing. Ryden, he is still injured. I'd imagine the lineup will most likely be Chioso, um, right wing back, Adolphin, Morrison, and LTA sent back, um, Revan at left wing back, Lindsay, Tehi, Flippers, Kinsu at the midfield four, um, then Hugel up front, and possibly they could put Numbe in there to go for a 5 3 2 and drop one of those four out. I think I, I think I agree, and I think it's more likely to be a five. I think just looking at the upcoming fixtures for them, they've got quite a lot of, but basically by March the 16th, which I know is not like super near but it's not super far either um they play all of um where is it i've lost it now qpr um 
Sheffield Wednesday and Huddersfield. So you'd think that those are probably the three games to really have a go and everything else in the meantime, they might just need to like try and pick up as many just points here and there as possible in terms of get a draw at Leeds and that's an excellent result for them, isn't it? Um, being realistic. Um, so yeah, I think it probably will be a back five that they'll try and stodge up and I think you're, you're pretty much spot on. And I think what more likely to happen is if they do go a goal or two behind and they have to chase the game, that's when they might go to a, either a 4-2-3-1 and change completely or, or two strikers at least up front so they have a couple of outlets in a 5-3-2. Um, but yeah, I think I completely agree with the team that you put out. And yeah, they do have quite a few injuries more so than us, which is pretty good. Um, before Toldo holds a gun to my head, I better talk about the Patreon. Um, so yeah, before we move on to the least section of the analysis, I'm just going to have a quick ad break here um, to tell you more about it. Don't worry to any of our patrons, you don't have to hear this bit, so you can skip over it. Anyway, yes, Patreon is a media platform where you can support content creators you enjoy and get extra content in return. Our patrons get access for as little as $1.99 per month, which gives you ad-free podcasts. And if you want to pay a little bit more, you get other benefits, including early access to some of our preview pods, such as this one, and analysis articles, videos, and bonus podcasts. Um, recently, we've done a bonus pod on uh, all-time leads five-a-side, which was great fun, wasn't it, Martin? Yes, it was indeed. Really enjoyed just doing that pod. Um, it, it, even like I've already mentioned, my team wasn't very good, but, but I did get at least one vote on the um, vote which we put. So you got a couple, Ooh. yeah, a couple now. I want, I want to try if it was one, one or two, but a couple of people probably just pity votes to be honest. But yeah, favoritism. Um, maybe not. Maybe Jacob thought, thought it's maybe probably because he did like a few of the players which I put in my team. So whereas I just uh, picked a load of snakes, which you'll have to go and listen in to understand what I mean by that. Um. But yes, it, it was a really fun thing. And then Martin, you've also written a article on Connor Roberts. Is that now finished and out to the world? Or is it very soon? It's already out. It, it, it was released on Monday or Tuesday this week. Um, yeah, Lovely, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, I really enjoyed watching Roberts. Um, he pleasantly surprised me in how good he was. I don't want to give away too much. Read the article. Uh, it's not a very long one. It shouldn't take you longer than 10 minutes, but it gives you really what it's good at and what we can expect to see from him. Um, obviously, we will see that at the weekend, um, what what he will give to us, but we'll talk about that in the lead section. Absolutely. Um, and if you want to sign up, what is the address? It's patreon.com slash A-S-A-W. That's it. So please do head on over. It helps us out, and we can do more opposition analysis and things like that. It would be very good if you could do that. Anyway, we'll get back into the analysis of leads now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Are there any injuries besides the Stuart Dallas's of the world and Pascal Strokes that we know about? Anything else? Um, 
new that's added to the table or that's going to be uh, out for this game at least uh, so games potentially he's still injured I'm not, I can't remember what Fark had last said about him he said a couple of weeks I think maybe this game he might be out for as well maybe the next one too but then he might be back so James is most likely out and maybe picked up an injury in the cup game um, but he's mentioned it's a possible possibility but nothing confirmed yet I'm sure we'll find out in the presser uh, tomorrow I think um, so yeah yeah, so that's about all I can say. He did mention that he was limiting recently, which makes sense. Um, we didn't want to play at all in that game, to be honest. But we had to. And yes, on, on high match load, but I think he most likely will still be okay to play. Yeah, I mean, he rested Ampadu, which is good. <laughs> First time this season, Ampadu didn't start a game. And there was a bit of talk about this in our group. So, you know, professional footballers should just be able to play every single game. But it's not really the reality, in my opinion. I think you have a squad, you should use it. And I think you should rotate a little bit here and there. And maybe not all the time. And you don't always have to, like, necessarily uh, drop a player completely. You can just sub them off a little bit more. than Ampadu's just not had that this season. He's been subbed off. I think once or twice in the entire season and obviously then he didn't play at all against Plymouth so he'll probably be our freshest player and I'm expecting a man of the match performance now um, but yes I think that is everyone I don't think there is anyone new obviously we're recording this on Wednesday for anyone listening at Wednesday night and uh, there might be something new that comes out tomorrow so I'm sorry if uh, if there is um, but how do you expect us to approach the game in possession do you expect anything different from the reverse fixture or any of our last games recently not maybe including Rotherham that was the FA Cup but um Possibly the game before that against Bristol City. I don't. I don't think there'll be anything different. We'll still look to test the ball, and we'll still look to attack in transition when Rotherham do get forward, which won't be. I think we will probably test the ball quite a lot in this one, and I think it'll will just play line regularly and just try go from there. And I think it's the same even out. There won't be too many opportunities for us to press Rotherham, and because they will go direct more often than not. So. We won't see too much stress, but when there is opportunity stress, we will definitely play some. Yeah, I do think that their defenders in general have a bit of a problem, apart from maybe a dolphin, as you say, because he is more of a midfielder. But mm. the other guys, not the most pro-resistant, probably do have more of a tendency to go long. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we could try and catch them out in that way, um, try and press them. But it's not going to happen too often because I do think they'll just they'll just boot it if they have to and go go direct to the wide midfielders or wing backs or the striker up front to try and hold it up and yeah but there might be a little bit of a battle there actually with with Rodon and whoever he's up against but we'll see um, yeah I, I think I agree I don't think too much is going to change um, I think that the game in the reverse fixture was a little bit frustrating at times and you know we did create enough probably to win the game but. If I remember rightly, it was just a little bit annoying and it, and it became like when they got the goal back and it was one all, and then they just sat deep and kind of got deeper and deeper and just made it really stodgy and hard to break down. But I guess um, we'll see. I don't, I don't know um, how much they're going to like be as uh, sort of high line and, and proactive, even though we've talked about the possibility of that happening. Uh, this is a game at Elm Road. I do think they're going to just try and soak us up as much as possible. And that's going to just be difficult for us. And we might want to try and bait them on, but they might not want to do it. So we'll see. Um, Yes, anyway, is there a player or any players you can see having a big impact on the outcome of this game from a Leeds perspective? Bad or good? Uh, I've mentioned Ampadu's longer range passing. If they, if they do step out at all, I think that could definitely catch them out because they don't have a lot of recovery pace. Uh, he can play one of those loopy balls. But is there anyone else you wanted to mention? I think Joe Roden, especially, um, to get a target man up there in some games. So if it's some, uh, Sam Nombe or if it's um, Charlie White who makes his debut for them, um, he'll have a physical battle on his hands. Um, I would I would back him to win that battle because it's something that he does very well. 
Uh, he's very good in the air, so I think he's battle, but that is definitely an important part for us. If we can stop them from getting those second balls or even slipping the first ball, even uh, aerials one, get get us back attacking. That's going to be very important. And obviously, going going forwards, all, all of our attackers, uh, especially the three behind Bamford, are our most important. Um, obviously, Bamford too. All these hackers <laughs> would want to get a goal early, and that's really a bit later on back when the game was won or lost. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and I think some of the obvious ones that at least had a bit more of a rest um, in midweek against Plymouth are, are the, some of the forwards. That doesn't just include Bamford, but yeah, Ruter, Somerville, nice and fresh for the most part. They only had to play, I don't know, what, 45, 50 minutes in total in that game, so not too bad. Um, a lot better than having to play a full full 90 or even a full 120 for some of the players, so that's that's probably a good thing. Um, just hope that they're fresh enough. Some of the other guys, I, I was very much of the opinion that I didn't want someone like Roden to play uh, pretty much at all because I just wanted to save him given some of the issues we've had at centre-back and Fark's sort of willingness or unwillingness, should I say, to play Charlie Cresswell. Um, so, yeah, I, I wanted to see him rested, but hopefully he is fresh because, as you say, he's going to have a, a big impact on this game against whoever plays up front. But um, not just Hugill, Wyke, Nombay, there's, there's a number there and, and it could even be that they have two up front and he's got his hands full a little bit when they, they do go long. Um, but I do expect him to win those those balls, so that'll be good. Um, yeah, I think that's everyone. I don't I don't think there's enough threats from them that I'm too worried about um, other positions in other areas. There's, like I said, they don't have as much pace um, as they used to. I think it's Onya Dinma. That's the guy I was thinking of. That rings a bell now. Yeah, um, he's not there anymore. So there's not as much pace without him and Lembakisa. And <laughs> so I don't think our fullbacks are going to have as much of an issue in that regard. Um, if they ever do have the chance to counterattack, I think they'll probably be mostly fine. Um, other than the fact that Burpo played a lot of minutes and on Tuesday. So yeah. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about uh, the printed lineup then? I guess this gives us an opportunity to speak about Roberts a little bit more and the possibility that he might come into the team in some way. I, I would expect him to come in in some regard, whether that's from the bench. But do you think he's got a chance of starting? I definitely think there is a chance, especially considering Thurpo played 120 minutes and did Byram, or did he get subbed off? I can't remember. He did get subbed off at some point later on. I can't remember the exact minute, but he did get subbed off. Yeah, so, but he still played a lot of minutes. Uh, so both of them have played a lot of minutes. Um, and obviously, Archie Gray didn't play much. Um, but, so he, but he will most likely be playing one of the full-back spots. I, I imagine the medical team would be very happy if Serpo uh, or Byron played many more minutes this week. Um, so just, just go on what the lineup I think will probably be. I think it'll most likely be both Melier in goal. I think it'll be Gray at right-back. Uh, Roden and Ampadu at centre back. And uh, just throw out the back. Seems the most likely to me. I have a left back. <laughs> I know Leeds fans are like, we've got a right back. Play a left back, of course. Why not, why not the sign a left back? But Leeds United do not do those things. So it's a sensible thing that Leeds can't do. Don't be sensible. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> but yeah, so that'll be the back line, I think. Um, then the in midfield will be Groove and Tamara. And then up front, it'll be Somerville. Unless he, unless, yeah, unless he has got a knock. If he doesn't have a knock, Maybe I'm not, I'm not quite sure what will happen then. Um, potentially Anthony who will, will come in. Um, outside Chappie, Matteo Joseph, he had played on the wing early in the season. Um, so that's also another possibility. In I think every season he had a few appearances. He was definitely best as a centre forward, as we saw in the game in, in the cup. He was very good in that game. And I, w- I would like to see more minutes from him, please. <laughs> 
And then there's also another outside chance of Joe Gilhart, because he had a pretty good cameo, I felt, when he came in the club. Not sure what you saw about his appearance. Yeah, I think this is a good opportunity. Actually, we probably should have spoken about this when we talk about the FA Cup, but a few of those players you've just named, uh, Gilhart being one, um, I think some of us on All Stats we have been saying for a while that we see his best role as at least one of the two sort of out of three in the line behind the striker, so either as a sort of attacking midfielder or second striker type in the in the middle, or as a sort of a right-sided forward and cutting in. He doesn't have the most pace in the world, but Gelhart's best work comes when he's moving from sort of the outside inside and, and he's able to drive into the box. You don't really want him receiving back to goal or in the box in, in tight spaces there. I think you'd rather see him receive it in sort of a, a tight space with a fullback um, and then, you know, turn him inside out. He doesn't have to be the quickest to do that. He's good at it. And I think he probably had his best display in, like, all season against Plymouth, I would say, but also probably for, for a good, like, year and a half um, in a lead show, which is really, really good to see. I'm not saying he's going to come and contribute, but I think I did say, actually, before Bristol City that I would I would like to see Gelhart given a chance at some point. And, yeah, it's, it's good to see that he, t- he kind of took it a little bit and he, he did have a decent performance. Annoying that he didn't score at the end, but it's not his fault. It was a good shot and uh, should have should have killed a cow. Um, so yeah, and then Matteo Joseph, you, you mentioned, I think he's put himself in slightly stronger contention just to gain minutes here and there. And I think again, a lot of us all stats aren't we have said you're included in this. Um, in terms of profiles similar to Bamford, he's probably the closest. Um, I think a lot of us hoped that Perot might be able to do some of that stuff. Basically, improve, but he he's not the best at it. And Joseph is probably the best player in the squad outside of Bamford at playing as a sort of more line leading number nine, um, bit better back to goal and uh, linking play. And I was I was really happy with quite a few of his actions uh, against Plymouth. To be honest, I don't know what you felt about him. Things that you want your centre forward to do. He was just, uh, I think the Plymouth centre backs hated him. <laughs> that game there was one moment I forget which one of their sent back it was possibly Phillips who just literally just put two hands on him at one point and touched him away and he dripped into it he just he could really say, see that he had a bit between his teeth and really wanted to impact the game positively and put himself in good stead and he really did take them even though he didn't score he took the most of his opportunity and he nearly scored and a good shot which hit the post which I think the goalkeeper got a clutch on but they gave it as a, go, as a goal kick anyway but that's that's the point um, yeah <laughs> But yeah, they, I think he's definitely the one who's closest in profile to Bamford. And I think it would be quite a lot to say that in the previous inserts like uh, Rogue started front, didn't he? And then in this game, Joseph starts up front and he was behind him. So for anyone who is still banging on the drum of that Perot is the nine, shut up. <laughs> Please. It's, Joseph is better at leading the line than what Perot is. Perot is a good player and I don't want anyone to think that I, I don't like him. But he's not. He's not. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy. I think he did take his chance, like you say. Um, there's a lot of good things to talk about with him, and I think the fact that they've handed him a new contract is a big show of confidence in in his abilities. And obviously, if thinking we go up, there's probably a chance he needs a loan. But if we don't, then he's probably someone that we can actually lean on a little bit more next season and continue to just develop him. Uh, but I still would, if we had to this season for the rest of the season, I, w- I would still do it if we had to because I trust him to play at least as well as he did the other night and he'll score some goals if he does that I think as well yeah he had a couple of moments didn't he especially the one that hit the bar so happy for him and I don't expect him to play here so while we're talking about Prince's lineup, I'm not saying that he'll, he'll play but um, at least him and Gelhart have made themselves better bench options I guess than maybe some fans perceived which is really nice to see um, yeah um, so yeah what's the the other thing yes Connor Roberts um, I want to talk about him as well a little bit I'm not going to spoil your article because I don't 
I want people to listen to that. But I do think he is a player that could play left back, and I think some league fans might be surprised that he might do that. I agree with you. I was actually going to say this as well. I'm, I was literally going to say it. Um, yeah, I think he's he's capable. I think inside or playing as a high and wide player, I think he could do both roles of our fullback pairing. I would not be shocked to see him do it at left back if we needed him to. Um, a bit like Byron, he could probably do that both sides stuff, and it's probably quite good to have those two because they both can do it and there is a chance I think that he, he could start I'm not saying it's super likely I still think that the, one of the other two Firpo Byron might start at left back but I wouldn't be shocked if, if Roberts came on he was used at left back in this game does that mean I think he'll be used there for the rest of the season no I still think at some point in the next I don't know two three four weeks he will become our starting right back um, when he's a bit more acclimatized but I still think he'll adapt quickly. We've we've talked about this. The fact that there's guys around him that he knows um, well from the Welsh national team and things like that was going to really help. But I think I agree with your lineup actually, uh, other than maybe Roberts for one of Firpo Byron. But I'm I'm not 100 percent sure about left back. Whereas Ampadu, Roden, Gray, I think they're pretty locked in in the defence at the moment. And another shout out to another player that was brilliant the other night, Ilya Gruev. Uh, he was really really good. He rightly got man of the match and should continue to play there. And I guess the good thing about this is we don't have to rush Pascal Strout back. Um, I would put him in if he's at 100%, but if he's at 90% and we don't want to risk him, we don't have to now because we've got options there and the midfielders and defenders are playing well. I think the only negative in all of this is that the four midfielders that we've got, which seems to be our best area, but they all play at the same time at the moment. Not a single one of them is on the bench that we can sort of rotate in or out. It's Gray is at right back and Ampadu's at centre back and Grove and Kamara are in the middle. So all four of them are playing, but when we can drop or if we can drop one of them to the bench and suddenly it looks even better in a way because you've got that, that extra security on the bench that you could bring on for a bit more energy or whatever late on and still have that quality. So very happy with that that sort of area of the team at the moment. But yeah, if Nantes fit the four behind, the, the three behind Bamford and Bamford will sort of all stay the same. Um, I guess, yeah, all that's left me to ask about now is where do you ex- what do you expect Sorry, this game of football will look like? So I'd expect it to look like one team possessing the ball a lot, Beals, and the other team, Rotherham, just looking to hit us quickly in transition, try to get the ball directly forward to one of the target men, look it down to one of the midfielders, get it to the wing, and put in a cross for that same target man. <laughs> That's going to be the main thing going to have and set pieces, of course. They also do enjoy the odd long throw-in um, with Morrison, who obviously is former We've been at Costa AFL for a long time. He quality knows how to throw, throw the ball long. <laughs> Just like Rafinha, hey? <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it'll be very on, on, on our side. I expect it to be congested. There'll be a lot of players in there, and it'll be tough. It'll be tough. We have done well at scoring early goals in the past month, so I think we should be, be seeing a goal relatively in this game, um, hopefully for us. And... That, that's all I can say, really, at this point. It's, it's pretty similar to the previous game, really. Yeah. Um, on what you said about the, about one team dominating the ball, um, against Plymouth, we had, I think it was either 82 or 83% percent possession Sorry, in the uh, second half, which is remarkable. Do you know that's the most possession you can have in a game? Might look very much the same here, with us just pinning them in. That's wild, isn't it? Not possible. <laughs> is that Farker's quote you're quoting there? <laughs> Yeah, it is. You can have eighty three percent. I have eighty four, eighty five. You can. <laughs> He's not far off in the sense that the ball will just go out enough times that the other team get the ball. But I still think you can have a bit more than that. You can probably still get to about like eighty eight, eighty nine. It's probably possible. But yeah, it is indeed. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, another quote from Fark, which was great. It's one thing I do like him for. That 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 is probably how I expect the game to look. Uh, us just 
Tor having to be patient against their bank of five and bank of four if they do play the five four one, which I'm expecting them to. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the last question you've kind of touched on there is where will the game be won or lost? I think for us, it is about if we score early. I, I genuinely could see us scoring and uh, winning the game quite comfortably if we score within the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. I think it could become a, a three four five nil type game if we do that. But um, if we don't, it can just become increasingly difficult and it might be quite frustrating, um, you know, heading towards sort of 70, 80 minutes onwards if the scores are level and uh, wouldn't be shocked if uh, Rotherham managed to do that because it's just very Leeds, isn't it? Um, and also quite important to point out, by the way, <laughs> we're unbeaten at Ellen Road. I think I said this in a, uh, to you and Hoster the other day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it just does feel a bit leadsy. Um, just to maybe only lose one game at home all season, it happens just to be uh, rather at the bottom of the league. It, that would be very leads, wouldn't it? To a Jordan Hugill goal. Yes. Probably, we didn't even mention set pieces, um, but they're probably going to play for that a lot. And again, I guess that, that ties in with the way the game will be won or lost. That if they have chances to do long throws or corners or free kicks anywhere near our box at all, uh, they'll just launch it in, I think, and hopefully get something scrappy. Plymouth did the other night. So why couldn't Rotherham? And if they get one goal, they give themselves a, a chance. So yeah, um, I think that's probably for them their best sort of way of dealing with us and, and trying to get something from the game. Um, so yeah, where will the game be won or lost? I guess if we can take a chance early on and if we can keep them out from when they do have set pieces like that. What about yourself? Pretty much same. There's, um, it's so, so important for us to get that first goal. Um, if we can do that, then we can hopefully ride through the game. Um, we've said that, but we've had some games where we have gone 1-0 up and then we didn't slow the game down. I know I said that last review pod that I wasn't too worried about that, and that is still the case. I think I think the recent ones against against Plymouth against in a row where we've ended ended ninety minutes at one one. Um, I think that's just cup magic play. Um, in in league we've been very good at doing that and keeping hold of the game and not giving away chances. So let's just hope it doesn't end up with another FM type scoreline. Yeah, they've done it to Middlesbrough, so who knows. Um, but I think that drink brings the end of the pod to a close. Um, so just a quick reminder, the website for our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash ASAW Patreon. Please do head on over and have a look. Um, if you are interested in our content or enjoy our content, it does help us out a lot. But we'll be back with a review of this game very soon. And who is after that, Martin? Swansea. It is indeed. Oh, yes, that's an interesting one, especially with some ties with this podcast to... Uh, Swansea's manager but we'll come on to that another time um, all that's left for me to say is thank you very much Martin and thank you as well Pure Sexo Adam <laughs> and thank you dear listener enjoy the game goodbye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.